Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Good morning. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Acts chapter number 3, and we're going to pick up in verse number 11, and we're going to read down to verse number 16, and we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. Acts 3, verse number 11. And as the lame man, which was healed by Peter and John... And all the people ran together unto them in the porch, that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why do ye look so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, and the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up, still accusing and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and desired that a murderer should be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof ye are all witnesses. Whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. Now, verse number 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Now, this is the first time that faith is mentioned in the book of Acts. But it has nothing to do with the saving faith that Paul talks about when we get over to Acts chapter number 13. Instead, it is a faith in the name. It has nothing to do with death, burial, resurrection. It's a faith in the name. We will see saving faith again when we get over to Acts chapter number 13 when Paul is in Antioch of Pisidia, which is where they were first called Christians. There is no doctrine for the body of Christ in the book of Acts. As we've discussed several times, Acts must be viewed as a transitional book. Without the book of Acts, if you ended with nothing but the end of the Gospels and picked up in Romans, chapter number one, it would make no sense. Because Paul is writing about something, the mystery or the, the Gospel of Grace, that those in the Gospels knew nothing about. Acts is a book of transition. It is a book that is transitioning from Peter and the Apostles to Paul. It is transitioning from Jerusalem to Antioch. It is transitioning from the gospel of the kingdom to the gospel of grace. It has to be viewed as a book of transition or it will not make sense at best and it will contradict at worst. It's a book of transition. We need to see it that way. There is no church doctrine in the book of Acts at all. Now, look at verse 17. And now, brethren, I know that through ignorance you did it, as also did your rulers. Now, Peter comes to a third point in his sermon that is very important. They did indeed put Jesus to death, but Peter points out that they did it through ignorance. This point is critical to his sermon, the fact that they did it in ignorance. Uh, in Luke chapter number 23, verse number 34, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them as he hung from the cross, for they 
know not what they do. They did it in ignorance. It's important as we move forward. Even the apostles <clears throat> had walked in ignorance. For example, they did not see the cross coming in spite of the fact that Christ emphatically told them exactly why he was going to Jerusalem and what would happen to him once he got there. Even after the crucifixion, they were utterly clueless as to the resurrection that would follow. And we see this in Luke chapter number 24 and verse number 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And as they walked together, as they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and he went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have with one another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered and said unto him, Art thou a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass here in these, in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all of the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him and condemned him to death, that he should be crucified. And then verse number 21 and we, but we trusted, past tense, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since these things were done. You see, they, wasn't, they were not seeing the resurrection. They were literally walking in ignorance. And in verse 22, it says, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found, even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, they were walking in ignorance. They were not walking by faith, they were walking purely by sight, just like all of the others. Okay, uh, So the point is that they, just like those who demanded the crucifixion, didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they were walking in ignorance. The apostles, fortunately, had already had their come-to-Jesus moment between the resurrection and the ascension during those 40 days when Jesus made these things clear, cleared up their ignorance and explained to them exactly what was going on. Now Israel as a nation is getting their <clears throat> come to Jesus moment. Look in verse number 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. See, they were referring back to that clarification that the Lord had given them because they didn't understand. So now they're 
making it clear to the nation of Israel. So having established the fact that what they did, they did it in ignorance, Peter, excuse me, goes on to point out that it had to have happened anyway. God used their ignorance to accomplish his purposes. Can you imagine that? God uses our ignorance to accomplish his purposes. And he says in verse number 19, just like he said back in his first number in his first sermon, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So having established that they did it in ignorance, they still did it nonetheless. The deed was done. And now they needed to repent now that they realized what they had done. The word repent speaks of a change of mind in regards to what one has done. So he's saying you need to have a change of mind in regards to what you have done and be converted. The word converted means turn back, turn around. You need to have a change of mind and turn around into what in regards to what you have done to Jesus. So Peter is saying that if they have a change of mind and they turn back, their sins will be blotted out. In other words, the Lord will erase their sins. And then the times of refreshing shall come. How? From the presence of the Lord. So he's saying if you have a change of mind and you turn back, the Lord will erase your sins and the kingdom will come. The times of refreshing will come. How? From the presence of the Lord. In other words, the offer of the kingdom is still right there. It is still being offered to the nation. If they would but repent and turn around, God will erase your sins. He will blot them out and the times of refreshing shall come with the presence of the Lord. All they needed to do was repent and be converted. And if you doubt that, look at the next verse. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. This is no doubt talking about the second coming that would shortly occur if they would but repent, be converted, have their sins erased, the times of refreshing, the kingdom would come with the second advent of Christ. I have no idea how for so many years I have missed that. I guess it's called filters. We all have filters. We all come to the scripture through our denominational lenses. We all come to the scripture through our training or what we have been taught. We, as Dr. Randy White says, we, we had not learned to question the assumptions. And there's a lot of things that we assume. I used to teach young people. I'd teach Bible doctrines in high school and hermeneutics and apologetics. And one of the things I would tell them at the beginning of every single class, you not only need to know what you believe, you need to know why you believe it. And saying because that was what I was taught, that's not good enough. That's not good enough, folks. You need to know what you believe, but you need to know why you believe that. 
And you need to be able to point out scripture and verse as to why you believe that. For example, why do we believe that the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, was born in chapter number 2 of Acts? Because that is what we have always been taught. But does it say anywhere in chapter number 2 that that's what happened? No, it's what we assume happened. We assume that the gospel of the kingdom, or the kingdom was offered in the gospels, it was rejected at the crucifixion. And Acts number 2 is the birth of the body of Christ. But yet the scripture does not say that. If you read the, the, the Bible literally, and I'm shocked at how many people, and I'm a literalist, I believe the Bible literally. I believe that it should always be interpreted literally unless the text, the text dictates otherwise. But so many of my friends and people that I know and me for many years say, well, I believe the Bible's literal, but then I spiritualize chapter number two of Acts. Take it literally as we are doing right now. Back up and listen to these studies. This is a Jewish promise. This is Pentecost. This is Joel chapter number two. And the kingdom is still being offered. The kingdom could not have been offered in the Gospels, but according to Hebrews chapter number nine, until the death of the testator. While the testator yet liveth, the, te- the testament or the will is, no, is, is not in force. Again, we assume a lot. We read the Bible with filters that, for the most part, have been given to us. I encourage you, take the filters off and just read the Bible literally. In verse 21, Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now, where did the Lord go upon his ascension? Into heaven, whom he must, whom, whom the heaven must receive, and of whom is still speaking of in verse number 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you, semicolon, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. The times of restitution speaks of when all things are restored. The word restitution means the restoration of something that has been lost or stolen to its proper owner. In other words, life would go back to the time before the fall of man in the garden so many years ago when man disobeyed and brought death and destruction upon himself and all that would come after him. So in other words, it's the same thought. Follow it. If you would but repent, be converted, your sins will be erased. The times of refreshing will come. The Lord will come back. And he will restore all things to the way they used to be. The restitution of all things, which God has told you through his prophets since the world began. Amazing stuff. And the last enemy that will will be defeated, the Bible says, is death. Where was death introduced? In the garden. 
You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 24, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. If you would but repent, if you would but return, your sins will be forgiven. The times of refreshing will come. The Lord will come back and he will restore all things. <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll pick up in verse number 24, nope, 22 tomorrow. Uh, I'm doing these Bible studies a little closer than I used to because, I mean, Sunday to Sunday, a lot of us are at home. We're locked up. So I'm studying the Word, and I figure we might as well go through it together daily. I, uh, I remind you that these studies are being placed not only on the Facebook page, but I'm also transcribing the notes and placing them at DwayneSpearman.org. Uh, I'm also uploading the audio. If you don't have time to watch the video, you can listen to the audio at SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, just uh, pull that up. I put the links in the Facebook. You can click those. It's also on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you want to listen uh, through there as well. SoundCloud also has a, an app that you can put on your phone also. But anyway, I hope these studies are a blessing to you. They certainly are to me. God bless you. <laughs>